0: This episode of Boob Sweat is brought to you by Mega Babe. If you didn't already know, I founded my personal care brand, Mega Babe, a few years ago to solve real problems with cute solutions. Even though I founded the brand, I am not qualified to do every single job, which is why I hire wonderful people like our customer service wizard, Britt. I've brought Britt on here to help answer a question. Hi, Britt. Hey, Katie. All right, Britt, go ahead. Bonnie said she's a super sweaty girl, and she asked how we can help with sweat that's showing through her clothes. Bonnie, 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 have I got some answers for you. We have several different solutions, starting with our Bust Dust, which is a hands-free way to apply our telc-free powder into your bra. You just literally pump it in there. It was the second product that we launched with. We also have our Dust Puff, which helps making apply powder to your body really easy because It helps with the mess. It also puts the powder on really evenly. Our dust puff is kind of awesome. And if you're not into powder, we actually have a cool product called Magic Powder. I know it says powder in the name, but it's actually a lotion. You apply it in a thin layer and it dries with a powder finish. I put it right under my boobs and sometimes under my butt cheeks. It's awesome. And don't forget, we also have body dust, which is the same great formula as our bust dust, but with a different applicator. So if you're not a fan of the pump, this comes with a sprinkle applicator so you can easily apply it anywhere that you experience sweat throughout the day. Britt, you're right. Body dust, of course, duh. Thank you so much for always knowing more than I do. And for a limited time, I'm offering boob sweat listeners 15% off your order at megababebeauty.com with the code boobsweat15 at checkout. Now, on to the pod. Hi, I'm Katie Serino, and this is Boob Sweat. There's a lot of stuff out there that makes us sweat, but don't worry, you're not alone. We're here to talk about it. I think that for many women, the worst thing that you can say about them is that they're fat. It is the most weaponized word against women. Um, well, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> okay. I think that for for many women, the worst thing that you can say to them is that they're fat. Fat is a word that we allow to take us out of the game. It's, it's our biggest fear. I mean, it shouldn't be, but I'm just being real that for many women... Being called fat is the absolute worst thing that you can be called, um, which is so crazy because it's just it's it's crazy on so many different levels, including oh, and if you hear snoring, my dogs are asleep because they think this podcast is boring. So, what is fat like? What does that even mean? Like what? that you're obese like according to your doctor or that you feel like you can't fit into your pants i mean fat has turned into i don't know fat has become this way that that if you're described as fat and you're describing your your body as fat it's more about your feelings about yourself in general um and very much not even about like your body size it's about how you're it's become a descriptor for how you're feeling about yourself right? That's what it is. Fat has become a descriptor for how you're feeling about yourself internally. Um, It's not that we're fat, it's that we're uncomfortable with ourselves and it's not our fault. Uh, We are told to be one particular shape and size. We are also told to love ourselves as is, especially when we're not that particular shape and size. So what do we choose and what the fuck? Both can feel so unattainable, especially in tandem. I've brought someone on here who's helping to redefine and change the word fat and all the meaning behind it. Cece Olisa is a fashion blogger, fashion writer, and co-founder of CurvyCon, which is a a convention for plus-size women to go and experience brands that are catering to them and be with other plus-size women, hear inspiring speakers. And I think it's really a place – she's created a place where you can feel fully safe, um, which I think is very impressive. I wanted to have her on because not only has she taken fat back and uses it as like a descriptor that is neutral and positive and all these different ways that I've I've, – personally have trouble using the word fat so she's very inspirational to me and she also sheds light on some misconceptions that I had about body image as a black woman which I think is really interesting she is hysterical and I think you're going to really enjoy her interview can you tell us a bit about who you are sure why I love you so much (laughs) slash I'm so scared of you slash I love you too
1: (laughs) First Of all Katie and I love each other, she just doesn't know that it's like an each other situation. It's true, you think it's one way, it's reciprocal. We're fine, yep. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> um, hello Katie's podcast friends. My name is Cece Olisa. Um, I'm co founder of the Curvy Con, which is like Beauty Con but for curvy girls. Um, I have a TEDx called How to Build Self Confidence, uh, that has last time I looked it had over 200,000 views. Wow. And I'm on Instagram at Olisa. c e c e o l i s a. Yeah. Great.
0: Okay. So we we have you on this episode because we're talking about weight loss in the body positivity world. Hmm. Yes. And how it how how it can affect you, how it changes your life and how you experience it. So that's the first thing I want to talk about. Now you, I don't know how much you're comfortable and you can just be like, I don't want to talk about that. Sure. Um can you tell me you went, you, you started at a size 28.
1: Well I didn't start there. I okay. I, I, I didn't start there. No. I Probably when I started blogging, I was like a solid size 24 was like my highest that I would ever be. And then I would get down to like a 20, you know, so I would toggle in between those two. And then I hit my highest, which was a size 28. I was almost 400 pounds. Wow. And, And how do
0: you feel like that you, how did you get there? Right?
1: Yeah. I, um, I'm. One of my favorite quotes is that everything that's urgent is not important. So, like, if your cell phone chimes, that's urgent. But, like, your grandma, who you haven't talked to in two months, that's important. Yeah. Right? But your grandma's not going to chime your cell phone every 10 minutes like your deadbeat boyfriend will. You know what I mean? And so the urgent thing isn't actually that important. And the important thing is really quiet sometimes. And so for me... The urgency of co founding the KirbyCon, launching a business, quitting my corporate job, breaking up with my boyfriend like all of that was very urgent. Yeah. My health, taking care of myself, being consistent in the gym, eating what I was supposed to, taking the medication for the lifelong blood clotting disorder that I have that was urgent. And I know that was important. Yeah. And it was very quiet. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> I basically like was committed to everything for everybody else. And like all the things that people say, put yourself first, put your own oxygen mask first. Self-love is the big, like I didn't follow any of those rules. I was spouting them out on Instagram. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if I am not taking care of myself, but I'm running a business that serves tens of thousands of women, am I focused on the right thing? I don't know. Probably not. because I was.
0: <laughs> it's so interesting. Even the way that I asked that question, it's how did you get there? It's mm-hmm. like this... It's a very accusatory. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it's this it's it's the way we talk about weight and size. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's so uh, it's still a
1: conversation that I'm getting my head around. Um, But I think it's important to say, how did you get there? Because I say this in my TEDx. I was a 10 pound baby. So me being a big girl isn't the issue. Yeah. Where, how far I take that, yeah. <laughs> that's on me, right? <laughs> like I've lost over a hundred pounds and I'm still fat, right? Because I, I'm fine saying I was a 10 pound baby. Perhaps I was destined to be a big girl. And if I spend my whole life trying to be skinny, that's a waste of time. Can you talk about that word fat?
0: Sure. Yeah. Now fat is something Now you just said it and you were like, I'm fat. <laughs> and like you said it, like you were like, like I'm wearing mascara. Like you, it was nothing. Yeah. And fat is a word that is so heavy, not to, I don't know. That was a good one. Yeah. Okay. It's not even, (laughs) it wasn't even whatever it was supposed supposed to be. But, but yeah, I just feel like women who are out there taking ownership of the word fat is something that I still, and we talked about this when we were on a loft panel, Mm. like um, a year ago, I feel like, um, I'm still not comfortable with the word fat.
1: I'm, I'm, I own it because I know it's liberating, but I know it's still very loaded and very yeah, it is heavy it's a it's a gut punch for most of us. It's the worst thing you that you could it's the worst thing that you could have said to me for most of my life. When have you ever heard that sentence uttered in a positive way? just. I don't just now, but I wasn't. (laughs) But like my my goal is to. I don't have a goal with it, but I use it in neutrality. Yeah, just because I feel like it's important. I don't think I can. I don't think I have the power to make it a positive thing, nor do I care. But to to it's like when people whisper, "Oh, she's black." Yeah. Why are you whispering black? I'm black. Yeah. I'm fat. Yeah. I have sister locks. I have. I I have two sisters. I, I don't know. These are facts.
0: I. But like I also. I. It's like even I can't even. I probably shouldn't talk about this, but I just, it's, I can't even say like, I would not look at you and be like, oh, she's fat. Yeah. But I don't think you're, but (laughs) but then what is fat? I don't know what fat is, but I look at you and I'm like, I don't think you're fat. I also don't think I'm fat. And then it just turns into a whole thing. And then you look on the internet when someone writes an article and it goes, you know, around the internet and then you read those comments and people think
1: that, that personally, they think I'm enormous. Yeah. Which is crazy for me. Yeah. And so for me, having been almost 400 pounds now, so when I'm a size 28, I'm close to 400 pounds. If I had said I was fat, you wouldn't be like, oh, my gosh, you're not fat. You would just be like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> which is fine. OK. I'm saying it's a factual Fair. statement. Yeah. Now at a size 18, I say that I'm fat for the girl who's still a size 28. Because, like, if I say I'm fat and I, like, part of what happened when I lost weight, it took me, like, it's taken, I've lost this weight over, like, three years, I would say. But because I've been plus size my whole life, this is the smallest I've ever been as an adult. So, like, I didn't know that I had, like, a waist. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know. Right? (laughs) So now I'm a size 18. I've never been a size 18. Ever. Like, The lowest I had been was like a 24, whatever. Right. And so the way my body is just like taking a different shape, it's more mainstream acceptable, which makes me more like in this whole standard of beauty and whatever. And people are more attracted to me, men and women, business opportunities, whatever, whatever. So now it's more important for me to identify with the girl who's almost 400 pounds because I represent her at the end of the day. I don't represent the pretty version that you like now because I'm like an hourglass. Now it's okay. And oh, no, you're just curvy. You know, uh, you're slim thick. Oh. and uh, oh. no, I'm fat. Uh, Yes, all of that. But I'm fat because I'm doing it for her.
0: Like, so she can like... Can you tell me some of the ways that you have... That life has been re-experienced <laughs> through being a size 18? <laughs> is that,
1: is that, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so as co-founder of The KirbyCon it made my purpose in life like even more abundantly clear when I have experienced that the world receives me better at a size 18 than it does at a size 28. How across did you change in
0: the day to day? I, <laughs>
1: um, I travel a lot. Yeah. I probably lift my own bags up into the thing, fifty percent less than I did before. Oh, okay. Oh. So, oh, Miss, do you need help? Are you Are you okay? Do you need some? like I was walking towards my building the other day, and I had like boxes in my hand. Yeah. And a man who had nothing to do with anything and was walking down the street like ran up to my building door and like opened the door for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uber drivers like go out of this. Certain-
0: isn't, this was not happening at size twenty eight.
1: It was happening, not as often. I was always a baddie, okay? <laughs> like, even at a size 28, I was killing the game. <laughs> like, I'm, like, the only girl amongst my friends that would, like, get free cab rides. <laughs> like, I used to live in Harlem. And cab drivers would be like, where are you going? I'll take you anywhere you want to go. They'd <laughs> be like, oh, can I go downtown? They'd be like, yeah. i mean, like, drive me down. This was happening at a size 28, so don't get it twisted. Okay. That's why I'm hesitant to tell these stories because I'm like, I never want anyone to think, like, this stuff only happens If you're a size 18 or less, it's not true. I'm just saying it happens more. So like, it's literally like... I love this perspective. Yeah. Like, it's literally just like, it's like when you appeal to more of the masses, then whatever your core appeal is, is just heightened. But the fact that weight loss can suddenly make you more or less appealing to the masses is what's troubling to me, which is why I'm like, well, I got to rep harder for the fat girls because like, I'm, I'm, I am fat. (laughs) Like I just don't think it should. I don't know. I you have such a different. You have such
0: a positive outlook on it, and I just find that um, most of the accounts that I that like I'm I've been introduced to on Instagram that talk about like fat, like um, being like a small fat and an info fat, like the, all the wait, what's a, what? Okay, uh, okay, well, what? okay, it's not what's called. <laughs> it's called an in, infinifat. fat.
1: Oh, Infinifat. Yeah, I saw that one time. Like yes. when you're like like over 500 pounds or something. It's some, it's, it's a, a spectrum. spectrum. Okay, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know a lot about it. I've read a bit about it, but I don't. I also don't subscribe to like. I describe myself so that my girls can find me. I describe myself as a plus size blank or a black blank or a girl blank because I need the girls coming up behind me to be able to find me. Like if I if I eliminate all the labels, no one. I hear. how can they find me right how can they know that someone that identifies like they identify are doing things that they might want to do right at the same time I try not to get obsessive about it so like I might be like I'm fat but then you'll be like infinite fat and I'll be like what so like I try to like within reason like I try to not get too caught up but like I do think they're important now
0: as as a white woman Yes. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) As a white woman, culturally, I am expected to be thin. I'm expected to always just be striving to be the smallest I can be. Mm -hmm. Is that the same or similar? Are there similar types of pressures in the black community?
1: Yeah. Black girls have body shame. Black girls have body pressure. Black girls have eating disorders. Black girls, we struggle. Like we definitely struggle. And I think that what gets trickier for for women of color is that from my, obs- you know, never been a white woman, like n- never heard of it. I don't know. But like my observation is that you guys, as long as you're thin, you get to have lots of different types of body types. Like you get to be like Cameron Diaz with no boobs, but I wear boy shorts and I surf and yes. I'm cute. But you also get to be like Scarlett Johansson and be super curvy and ooh, so sultry, right? You don't have
0: to be thin. As That's long as you're the, thin, yeah.
1: you can have body shape yes. spectrum, yes. right? But then when we get into women of color, all of a sudden, butts are very important. All yeah. of a sudden, thickness in the right places, yeah. not over there, not in your midsection, just down there, thighs, yes, butt, yes, stomach flat, stomach on flat, flat, yeah. <laughs> ass <them>, what's <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah. is that what Drake yeah, said? Yes, yes, right? So for women of color, now it's like, well, my genetic pool did not, I didn't even know I had a waist until two weeks ago, right? (laughs) So like, if I'm black and I don't have a butt, then what does that mean for me? Like, what if I'm skinny, but I don't have a butt? Like, what if I'm plus size and I carry it all in my gut and I have like a lot of chins and I'm really broad? (laughs) Like, what if I have Cameron Diaz's body, but I'm plus size and I'm black, Suddenly, like, I don't have the same value. But if I had that, if I was still 300 pounds with the proportions yeah, where, let's be real, where men wanted them to be. Butt and boobs. Then it's not a problem yeah. as a woman of color. So to me, like, shape and size. To me, women of color have more to contend with. Not to say, like, I believe that we all have the same No, white is of, just like, thin. White is just thin. I think there's, like, privileges and pain for all of us. But I think that women of color have more pressures and then are assumed to have, like, an easier time. So I'm yeah. sitting here with size and shape pressure. Yeah. And you're like, so do black girls even have any body issues? And yes. I'm like, girl, like, yes. what are you talking, you know what I mean? So I've got double problems and everyone's assuming I'm on easy street, which is even worse. So when they are scanning for eating disorders in the fifth grade class, no one's looking at me. No yeah. one's being like, well, what is, C- is Cece okay? Like, eh. no one's thinking of that because, oh, she's fine. And she's so confident and she's so sassy and na-na-na. like, that's what white people do. That's what my white teachers do. That's what, that's how it goes. Right. Yeah. Whereas you like get a stomach flu and it's like, oh my gosh, is she bulimic? Like after school special, like, oh my gosh. Like you guys are just so delicate. Oh my gosh. No. Like I've (laughs) I've never been delicate. i just just letting you know.
0: But the general, you know what I mean? So this is
1: what we are contending with. And of course I always speak from my own personal experience. I, you know, I've been a black girl my whole life, but I'm no expert. Like there's a million ways to be a black girl. And I hope I'm representing us well on this white woman oh podcast. Oh God, of yours. this white woman <laughs> podcast. You, you certainly are. And
0: I, <laughs> <C-C>, I... <laughs> I don't know where to go from here. I, um, uh, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can I ask with your weight loss journey? Yeah. Um, did you, what was the most, if there was a part, I don't even know if you have a part that was hurtful. What Was there any part that was hurtful in the weight loss journey um, through friends, through family, mm-hmm. through like n- these backhanded compliments?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I can give you a couple. I think like the backhanded compliments are tough. Mm-hmm. They're real tough. And I, <laughs> I've told this story before, probably. So for those of you who don't understand, I... Launched the Curvy Con and in the process got to the heaviest I'd ever been. Almost 400 pounds, size 28. Still living it up. Still had boyfriends. Still still a baddie. Still a baddie. (laughs) Okay. The likes didn't stop. The Tinder swipes didn't stop. The dates didn't stop. Right. Then I just was not feeling my best. I'm a very active person and I just was feeling like I used to like walk everywhere. Why am I taking Ubers a little more than I used to? Eh, Okay. So... I basically was like I had a trip planned with some girlfriends to New Orleans and I'd never had a po' boy before. I have PCOS as well. So there's like certain things I try with my PCOS to not really like indulge too much in. A big part of that is like white bread. Right. So I'm like, oh, yeah, it's okay. like everybody does their PCOS journey differently. But like I kind of tried it. I'll have like a sweet potato before I would ever have like a white roll. Just, yeah, because of things that you should research for yourself if you have PCOS. So I was like, I'm going to go to New Orleans for the first time. I'm going to have a po' boy. I'm going to live it up, eat all the fried food, drink it up. And then when I get back, I'm going to get on my game, like get to it. So I start that, you know, I know what to do. If you're fat, you're a professional weight loser. Like there was no, you know, it was all, there was no, no, no new information. Get on it. I'm good for losing 50 pounds and being like, all right. Well, you know, like when SpongeBob gets up at on the meme when he's like, "Well, I'm out." Like, so <laughs> I'll usually lose like fifty pounds and then like be like, "That'll do." Which is like a significant amount of weight. Yeah, like I know how to lose fifty pounds. Like yeah. I know how
0: to do that. You're totally right that anyone who is overweight is a professional dieter, right? Because yeah.
1: What else should we be doing according right. to the world? Constantly right? Constantly
0: looking to lose weight. Yeah.
1: And constantly looking to like have men lift your bags up for you and like treat you like a human. Like everybody want- just wants to be treated well. Yeah. So people tell you if you look like this, you'll be treated well. Why wouldn't you spend your whole life trying to look like that? Like it's a setup. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. So long story short, get down the 50 pounds. If I'm honest, even though it was the heaviest I had ever been and even though I was feeling better, I was this close to being like well I'm out like it was it's it still takes effort like the 50 pound to get it off even though I know how to do it it still takes a certain amount of like consistency and effort and I was kind of done and then it was the curvy con and I was not focused on my health and putting the important things before the urgent things and like I said I have a blood clotting disorder and I am on blood thinners for the rest of my life and my prescription lapsed and I did not take my meds. During the KirbyCon. like I just, it was like I needed to run to the drugstore, and I just yeah. like didn't do it. You know what I mean? And I had been off my meds for like testing before, for like a few weeks. So in my head, it really wasn't like, that. Fine. I was like, uh-uh, yeah. I'll get to. Let me just get through CurvyCon. Yeah. Um. So CurvyCon wrapped on like you know Saturday. By the next Saturday, I was coming back on a train from a wedding. And I just had a huge health crisis and ended up in the hospital. And I was in the hospital for a month. I had to have emergency surgery. I I almost died. And my family had to fly in. Like, it was like a whole thing. Thank God my sister was still in town from CurvyCon. So, like, I was never alone through the whole process. Like, God is so good. But being in the hospital for a month when you're, like, not a senior citizen is, yeah. like, if you need a wake-up call, that's it. You know what I mean? And so I was kind of like, well, I want to be the person, like I have this blood clotting disorder. That's what it is. I have PCOS. That's what it is. I was like, I don't like the idea that should something like this ever happen again. I basically was like, I don't want to be the reason where I ever why I ever end up here again. Like, I can't control yeah. my body per se, but I can control how I treat it. And I was like, you were about to quit. You know you were about to quit. Like, let this be the thing that makes consistency like a thing for you. And so because of that, I was just like, I don't ever want to look a doctor in the eye and be like, no, I haven't been working out. No, I haven't been eating what yeah. I was supposed to. No, no, no. Like, and that isn't what happened. I really didn't take my medication and... But I almost died because I wasn't putting my health first. So taking my medication, going to therapy and going to the gym to me are all the same. I get points for all of that and they're all valued the same to me. Does Mm. that make sense? Yes. I love that you included therapy. Absolutely. So like having a holistic approach to my health and having consistency as my measure of success instead of like what the scale says or what my genes say. That's what has amounted to over 100 pounds of weight loss over three years. Yeah. Because it's like the minute I'm like, eh, I don't want to, I have a very vivid memory of being in the hospital for a month and what that is like. And yeah. you don't want to know what that's like. You just don't. And like everyone around me is literally elderly. And I'm like, how how is this me? Like how? You know what I mean? And so I'm not saying like, oh, because like I was if it had happened when I was 400 pounds, I think I would have had been harder on myself about it. Like I was like, well, at least I've been on top of it. You know what I mean? Like, but I'm like, gosh, what if I hadn't been like, how much worse could it have been? I don't know. Like, it's just too many question marks. So I just like, for me, health is practice, not a pant size. And Mm. it is my main practice because like, as long as I know I've given that my all, then like everything else will work itself out. That was like a very long winded answer. It was long, but it was, but we got, we got where we were going. Yeah. So you guys need to just kind of know that about me. I didn't just like up and lose a bunch of weight randomly. Like there was a lot of trauma involved. There was a lot of like, yeah, a lot happened (laughs) over the course of three years and 120 pounds.
0: And, and because weight loss is such a sensitive thing. um, How do you combat like diet culture talk? Like when when people are coming into your comments and they're like, it's a different type of thing.
1: Yes. So that probably answered what you asked me was about the hurtful things that people had said. And I had to give that whole backstory before I said that, but I think the hurtful things goes into the diet culture talk, um, in the comments. And I can say like, when you asked me what came to mind, when you asked me what the most hurtful thing is, that's happened being someone in the body positive space that has lost weight. I would say it was last, it was around this time last year, And I put up a post uh, basically saying, you know, from the time I started on Instagram or whatever, I've always encouraged my audience to shop in the skinny section because sometimes it's not about the size of the clothes. It's about how it fits. And so what's the skinny section like I'm I would be a size 24 and I would go into like the H&M section and grab like a size small shirt. If I saw that the structure of it would work for my body.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Like if you're plus size and you're like, I'm burnt out on everything that's there, do a loop in the skinny section and pick up the clothes and look at them and say, wait a minute. Like you'll often be surprised. Like I have dresses that people love and I'm like, this is a size medium and I'm nobody's size medium, but I was just confident enough to try it on. You know what I mean? Yes. And I've been saying that from size 24 up to size 28 down to size 18. Yeah. So around this time last year, and I don't even think I was a size 18 yet, but I was definitely like smaller. The weight loss was evident. And I had said like, Oh, remember how I told you guys like always do a loop in the skinny section. Like I was, I went to Soho for the first time to give it a try. Like I I raised the stakes. Right. Okay. And I'm like, Oh, I got, look at this cute fur bomber. I got like, it's so cute and I'm so happy with it. And, you you know it's not in my size, but it worked because I was Tibby? confident enough to try helmet laying. Okay, I didn't want to say the brand because I didn't want to. Sorry, I know. <laughs> listen, she's <laughs> expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but the comp like that the way the jacket was cut, it actually would have fit me at a size twenty eight, but I wouldn't have had the confidence to go into intermix and look mm. around. Mm. I just wouldn't have been, felt comfortable doing that. So that was what my post was. And then someone sent me, shared the post to me in my DMs and said, I cannot believe. Now I told you what I said. <laughs> I said, yeah. I've been doing, I'm not new to this. I'm true to this. Been shopping in the skinny section, did it today. It worked. Hooray. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. She sends me a DM that says, I cannot believe that you just told the world that now that you've lost weight, you're worthy enough to buy clothes in Soho. Wow. I'm unfollowing you. I can't Ew. do uh, Yeah. That hurt my feelings so bad because yeah. I was like, it didn't hurt my, it hurt my feelings because I understood. It hurt my feelings because I was like, mm. as a plus size person, it is very traumatic to see your fave lose weight yeah. because you want to be in the muck, in the mire of what it is to be a plus size person. You don't want to be in there alone. And when people jump ship, it's traumatic because it kind of makes you feel like a failure no matter what. And I was like, that is the sad part. Her feelings are totally valid because it's a reflection of everything else. It has nothing to do with me, Mm. but the fact that like she could weaponize my weight loss against herself to the point that she unfollowed me that's awful for everybody mm-hmm. to the point that she put words in my mouth that I didn't say. Like, they're mm-hmm. li- you shared the post to me where I didn't say what you said I said. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, that's diet culture. That's body shaming. And I'm sitting here literally doing the opposite. But the world is so messed up that you can't even hear me say. No. All you do is see a before and after photo. Which is why I never post before and yeah. afters. Right? Yes. Like, you can scroll through my Instagram. I also don't hide my fat pictures. If you scroll all the way yeah. down my Instagram, you can see me at 400 pounds if you want yeah. to. My Cuba trip was lit and I was 400 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, those are some of my favorite pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I took 400 pounds of CC to Cuba and stunned it on everybody. <laughs> she stunned it on every.
0: See? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wait, can you tell me as, as someone who is 400 pounds traveling, are you able to share some insight into some of the things that people don't think about?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, the first thing is if you're uncomfortable getting a seatbelt extender or asking for one on the plane, you can buy them on Amazon. Like I am someone who flies, like I fly the airline that I fly because that's where all my miles are. So you can go online and look up like, Delta seat extender or yeah. American Airlines, because they're all built a little differently. So if you're super uncomfortable and like you just don't want to raise your hand and ask for it, um, you can do that. Also, word on the street is that sometimes the outside armrest, you can flip it up like there's a little, you know, when you have hips and you're like, I'm a sausage, like I can't take it. And then the person on the inside wants to keep pushing it down, even though it's yep. pushing into your hips. Yep. And you're like, yep. hi, I'm fat. And they're like acting like you're not. And it's like a whole thing. <laughs> Sometimes the one on the outside, there's like a little button that if you really push it, you can lift it. I saw a plus size woman do it. And I was like, What? what is that? What are you doing? And she was like, oh, yeah, girl. <laughs> she like put me on. It's not in every plane. But if that person next to you isn't giving you the room, see if you can get the outer one. And then your hip can kind of go out on that side. I got to tell you something. My
0: husband will, will I, I don't arrest me if you're out there working for any airline, <laughs> but he'll break the stop it. The one by the window. Cause you know, the one by the window doesn't go up. Yeah. And so you've got three inches of room between the armrest and the window yeah, that you could the, be filling your body with. Yeah, And, and so he'll, he'll like wait for like an announcement and he'll like cough and he'll break it. And it's so hard and I don't know how he does it. And I tried to actually, just I tried to do it on my way home from London because I was in coach and I like was like, ah, I can't breathe. But um yeah, because it because there's no reason why that thing shouldn't be going up. You're what right. It's the
1: reason. I just I'm stuck on like the idea of like being married to a man that can just like hulk. No, like I'm a little turned <laughs> no, on. No, no, like, same. <laughs> Just trying to build my own husband vision board. I just want to know what's reasonable and unreasonable. To I'm going
0: to tell you we're incredible co-hosts. <laughs> what <laughs> incredible co-hosts. Imagine the things we could tackle. I see you. I see you. <laughs> okay. We're, uh, I'm, we're bringing you to a close. Place.
1: Sure. Sure. Um, can you tell me where we can find you? You can find me in two places. You can find me on Instagram <laughs> at ccolisa C-E-C-E-O-L-I-S-A. You can also, if you want a present from me, I can send you a present. Um, if you go to the comeupisreal.com, I have this playlist called Don't Quit Your Daydream. Um, so if you're thinking about when being that. <laughs> like an entrepreneur or a girl boss, starting a side hustle, anything like that, um, head over to the come up I'll send you that playlist for you to listen to while you kind of do your own thing. And then I'll send you some emails, some tips of like how I make money as a blogger, all that good stuff. So if you're trying to monetize your life or, you know, make more money or make some side money, I'm happy to help with that too. Or just come follow me on Instagram. So, or what do about, both. What about YouTube? Not at this time. No, because I'm not posting anything there. I don't want people to go and be, like, disappointed.
0: But well, I'm trying to fire it back up. Fine. And are you on TikTok? No. Not at this time. Okay. I like that everyone's not at this time. Same. I'm also not at this time. Yeah.
1: I know. I know so people are on it. Ticking and talking.
0: Who just had so much fun with Cece? I had so much fun with Cece. I love when she said that she was a baddie. And I think that it really describes the way that people can feel about themselves at any size. And it just shows you it's not it's not the number in your pants. It's truly the way you feel about yourself. And I think my big takeaway was when she talked about how alienated certain people were when she lost weight and, and why we assign our own emotions and our own needs to someone else's like body – Don't you think it's so strange? Like Adele, you know, Adele has just gone through all this, this like this big weight loss. Now it's sparked because she got a divorce and she obviously is going through like a major life change. This is not like a happy weight loss and we can't. Stop looking at her and talking about her body. It's just it's so strange that we have all these this interest and all these assigned feelings to people's own body. It's so interesting how much is assigned to your your own physical appearance and like people's own emotions about your physical appearance. I have had people from my past call me fat, like to my face um and that was really hard for me not because i don't think i look good but because that word is so loaded for me but the fact of the matter is i'm i'm really happy like i'm happy in my skin i think i look <laughs> i do i think i look great i you know i i love i wear clothes i love like i'm much more confident in myself as a person now than i ever was when i was thinner why i can't get over the word fat but why do i give it power why do any of us give it power i don't know and i think it's because it was like we were told that it was the worst thing that you could be was to be fat right like you can be a bitch you can be you can be a bad person but like do not be fat what you realize after gaining and losing so much weight as i have is that your weight doesn't hold you back from anything. You need to love yourself first, regardless of the number on the scale. Thanks for listening to this episode of Boob Sweat. You can follow me on Instagram at at Katie or at Megababe. If you wanna talk about something we've covered today in more detail, come join our Facebook group and keep the conversation going. Don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because that shit is important. Thanks again for listening. This podcast is over.